Hello, Internet. It's Sean again. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you check out Lords of Misrule live every other Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv forward slash game nights. Enjoy the game. Lords of Misrule, our our gang, this this enterprising group of, of would-be criminals and ne'er-do-wells in the city of Gothford, um, have begun to take on some some jobs uh, with the help of their handler, I guess at this point, um, is the best word for it, uh, Harin Blackchurch. They're sort of intermediary between the four uh, gangs of Gothford, uh, the Nurian, the Mephistosi, the Calbits, and the Zartano. Uh, you've been taking on jobs for each one of them, attempting to earn some money and some favor from those guilds. Last time you took on or uh, began work on a couple of jobs. Uh, one for the Nurian to recruit, or Sebastian attempted to recruit a member of the Gothford Police Department. Began to. You had a pretty good encounter with a potential mark at one of the seedy bars in Rutten Square, the the Wolfsbane Tavern pub. I think I said Wolfsbane pub last time. Uh, you you had a conversation. Maybe have something in the works. Need to follow up on that. Uh, you also, as a group, began uh, an investigation into a murder. Uh, contract given to you by the Mephistosi. Uh, they were looking into or wanted a group of people to look into the murder of a prominent political figure up in Upper Gothford. Um, you, uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, I keep wanting to say Watergate because somebody said Watergate last time. And now that has thrown me off. Windgate. Uh, Windgate. So you went and uh, investigated the murder of Lord Wingate, you met uh, Lady Wingate, who gave you a little bit of information when you were uh, kind of scoping out the the home of uh, the or the murder scene. Um, you learned a couple of things while you were there. Uh, one, it appeared that uh, the the correspondence of the job you got was correct; that this was foul play, as you found a uh, cursed object in Lord Wingate's possession and pen and inkwell, which somehow had led to his death as he seemed to be, uh, what's the word, exsanguinated, I think is the best uh, term for it, for, uh, and which, which led to his inevitable demise there. Um, without many more details than that, you did learn that Lady Wingate had obtained this object and a uh, wardrobe, which had also attacked you during your investigation, um, a sort of hidden or dormant mimic. Uh, she had attained both objects from a an antique salesman or antique dealer in West Circle, a um, 
a mage or a salesman by the name of Craig Arlington. You took a bit of a detour uh, before meeting with Arlington, or I guess that was before you began the murder investigation, uh, stopping by the university in West Circle, uh, East, uh, Ryman University, where you spoke with a mage there about a potential job lead in uh, Lower Gothford investigating a, a survey or an archaeological dig that had gone wrong, um, delving into the sort of uh, the maze of... of architecture and and, and um, historical civilization that is buried beneath the city itself. Uh, you got a few details on that, set up the contract, and then went on to uh, conduct or complete your murder investigation. And it was at Arlington's uh, Antiquities that you met Greg Arlington and got him to come clean, uh, admitting that he had in fact sold a number of cursed objects to prominent Gothford political figures and was feeling racked with guilt as a result. He offered you some money if you would do two things, uh, obtain or, or uh, repossess the cursed objects from the members of the Gothford political sphere that had purchased them, which you did without any effort, maybe some impersonating of federal officials, but uh, otherwise not too much trouble. The other being dealing with the thug who had put him up to it, uh, a Nurian um, enforcer by the name of Gura Podrick. And in the most ironic fashion, uh, as you were having this conversation, the front door of the uh, establishment rang as that, that, that beautiful little bell went off and uh, Gura walked into the shop. You attempted to ambush them, uh, get the drop on them and take Gura and the two thugs with him out. Uh, however, as you struck, your blows seemed to have no effect as they all three began to morph and transform into their uh, hybrid lichen selves and as you all surveyed this and made your next actions we're going to go ahead and roll initiative let me get some dramatic music going oh boy oh boy oh boy um, no i was trying to remember if we had rolled or not uh oh no wait did we roll last time mm, i have initiative on here i don't think we rolled no we didn't let's roll again okay sean we should have pre-rolled make sure i'm still panthered right i'm still a panther yes you are still a panther jumped out trying to attack him okay yeah you all got your attacks in you're like locked in or or kind of right in the face of did you attack gura yeah you did yeah so you're right in gura's face as he's beginning to transform oh great all right right. uh that was a 12 12 for sebastian okay my rolled with God. advantage and still got a nine. Um, so roll 20 <laughs> likes me more than my real dice. I got a seven. Oh, oh no. I rolled an 18. Keep up, kids. <laughs> oh, man. Get Literally, keep up. Oh. As, 
Cordelia runs out of the store. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> as, as I run away, away, and was never uh, heard from again. Bye. <laughs> well, uh, that's oh, gonna put the were rats going first. <laughs> the, uh, the halfling and the uh, I think it was the two halflings that were with him. Uh, and as they begin to shoot, they actually all are using their action to transform this turn. So uh, the kind of takes on the the snout elongating or the facial features contorting and popping as the bones shift to form this rat-like face, uh, fangs growing out, uh, the hair kind of, the the skin or the outlayer skin kind of sloughing off as hair uh, comes up from underneath. Uh, it's a horrific sight that probably only a few of you have ever seen before, one of these uh, lichens, uh, the, one of the Nurian transforming. Uh, it's not a pretty sight. Uh, however, as they both transform, they also pull out their uh, their pistols off their belts um, and begin to kind of prepare for this fight. Yes, I gave the werewolf, werewolves guns. Um, and that'll put it to Cordelia. Cool. Um, I'm going to uh, kill them. Yeah, I cast triple kill. <laughs> and they all die. Triple kill. And that's the end. Um, I'm gonna, in the same vein, but not quite as powerful, I'm gonna cast Scorching Ray. Okay. Um, and pff, one for each of them, I guess. Why not? Make three attacks. Okay. What is my spellcasting modifier? What my attack modifier? That is 25. Hits. 25. Hits. Um, not as good. 16. Hits. Okay. What damage does that do? 2d6? 2d6. Fire. So for the first one, 7. The second one. Go. Tell me which one you're hitting with each one of these. Uh, um, can I go left to right? I we'll just go left to right with saying girls in the middle. So seven yep. with the first one. Uh, seven for the second one. The dice on the floor. And eight for the the other rat. All right. Seven, seven, eight. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Um. All right. So they both. They all three take their take their licks from the fire. Um, definitely seeming to his the two rats give off these kind of shrieking uh, uh, shrieks of pain I guess uh, and you can you can see it does it does damage them the fur is kind of burnt away um, and and the damage sticks this time they don't instantly heal back from it awesome. uh, it did seem like it did a little more to the the two rat tinier rat people don't seem as hearty as Gura does that makes sense. Uh, but they all take the hits um, anything else with your bonus action? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Nope. Uh, Sebastian. All right. Seems like we need a change of plans. Everyone out the back into the car. Let's go. Um, and Sebastian is going to, having said that, uh, use his movement to get, you know, run towards the back door go back because um, he Enza and Clove had just popped out from the back to try and surprise them but um, 
you know, that proved ineffective. And so now trying to get out the back way to where we left the truck when we brought back the cursed items. Okay. So you, Sebastian turns and, uh, kind of books his way into the, into the back shop area before, and you can see, um, Craig, who is still back there and was beginning to find a place to hide. He has the, the bag next to him with all of the cursed items in it that you, um, that you had captured previously. And I think we'll do a sort of a brief moment here where as you're running back, he looks to you and says, what's going on? We're getting out of here. And because Seb has extra movement as a monk, he will use some of that to start pushing Craig towards the back door. I don't right. know if that's gonna... oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yep. You push him uh, away. Okay, perfect. So you, you begin making your way to the back. Um, it's not a huge shop. So with your movement, you are you're at the back door now. The uh, I'll say there's probably the like a raised kind of a, um, like a loading dock or a loading door. Um, and and the truck is right there. So you, you're mostly up to it at this point. Okay. Uh, so I want to direct him to get into the truck when it's his go. And I'm going to hold my action to prepare to attack any of the lichens if they make it this far perfect okay um just holding a, a melee attack yep okay uh that'll be put to hogarth's turn hogarth who's on the other side of everything from you guys uh he sees sebastian run and yeah i think hogarth kind of freezes for a second and he without much of an expression or any sound from him uh, I think he's going to use his bonus action to... Oh, does he have that yet? Hold on. I've got to check. I don't know his stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's going to use his bonus action to disengage, uh, and he is going to just sprint out the door. That's not what I wanted. I didn't want that to stop the combat music. Go. <laughs> Isn't it, though? There we go. Uh, he goes sprinting out the door. And Hogarth's out of that. Puts it to Gura's turn. Uh, Gura, again, finishes his transformation into this, this larger wolf form and pulls out a just massive revolver from his uh, hip, more like an elephant gun, and uh, kind of like spins the barrel. And as he sees Sebastian run, he says... No, you get back here. Um, and he is going to... This is action. So, yeah, he's going to start running after you. Actually, I think he's going to just push past all of you, um, provoking some attacks of opportunity. But unless you have any magical effects, it's not... Unless anybody has any special things that they can do. Oh. But I don't think anyone can. No, not as a reaction. Yeah. Okay, so he pushes past all of you, and uh, maybe you take some swipes at him, just kind of fruit, fruitlessly at this point, and scratch and scratch as he uh, runs past. And you turn around, Sebastian, and you see Gura is uh, lumbering <laughs> through the, uh, the back room straight towards you. Um, okay, he can't get as far as you. Well, what's his movement? What's your movement speed? Right now, I believe it's 45, 40. Okay, you have more movement than he does, so he can't even make it up to you. He's probably about 20 feet back um, at this point. All right. And they're in a fighting position, and I see I just flipping the bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Enza. Okay. 
Uh, seeing that he's going for Seb, I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Ensnaring Strike. Okay. And I'm going to shoot at Gura. At Gura. Perfect. Take a shot. Okay. And no, I don't get advantage on this because he's already acted. That is... 16? Hits. That hits. Okay, he needs to make... Let me do that. Let's see. He has to make a strength saving throw. That is a 19. Oh, he is fine. Okay. So some Um, thorns try to grab him, but it doesn't work. Yeah, I think there's a a kind of a scared moment from him where you, you... uh, how does it look when you like cast? Are you just casting on your gun, or you like pull out a bullet and and sort of, um, and and like whisper into it before taking the shot? Like, what are you casting it on? Uh, yeah, probably on the gun. Okay. Itself. Um. So Enza, you you sort of whisper a small incantation. You take the shot. It hits Gur in the back, and he he staggers slightly, uh, but seems to just shrug it off for the most part until suddenly from the wound all of these vines begin to sort of uh, grow out and around him and trying to anchor themselves to the floor he just lets out this roar as he rips the vines away and they snap under him as he continues lumbering towards Sebastian uh, well cuss you gonna move um no I'm gonna stay in there with Cordelia and Clove Okay, so it's you two and the two uh, were-rats in here, uh, and that'll put it to Clove's turn. Uh, okay. Um, I have Now that he ran by me, I have a different option. I'm going to use my bonus action and Clove myself again okay. <laughs> instead of Pantherize, and I'm going to go ahead and Thorn Whip Gura and try and pull him back. Okay. I, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So it's a uh, here. There's the thing. And oh, perfect. I, well, and so I'm gonna actually like real roll dice roll. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so let's see. Here we go. <clears throat> Eleven plus. What do, what do I do? I don't get to plus anything, do I? No, you do. You, you get to add. Uh, it's my spell thing, right? Your spell attack modifier. I have. <laughs> I've not done this in so long. <laughs> yeah, you got wow. spell and proficiency. Uh, Eighteen. Yeah, you you hit. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, and then two so D six damage. Six. Yes. Oh, that's not great. Five. Five. Okay. Piercing, and then I want to pull him back. Okay. Um, and you do. So you uh, strike out towards him as you can still get an angle on him through the doorway. And that uh, much like the vines he just broke, another vine wraps around probably his leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you yank back with it, it digs into the into the flesh, and begins to bleed from the wound, lets out a roar as he is dragged ten feet back away from you, Sebastian, kind of knocking over some chairs and into some tables and, and grabs onto a bookshelf as he's pulled backwards and, and rips that over as well, um, scattering just objects across the ground. And he is pulled back almost right towards the door again, probably about five feet away from the door, uh, letting out a snarling growl all the way. Uh, perfect. Awesome. Uh, no, no. Come on back here. <laughs> okay. That'll put it to the two were-rats turns now. Uh, and each one of them 
is going to make attacks with their pistols and take shots at the people that are in the room. So I think we're going to get three of you are still in the room. Uh, So it's going to be one shot at Cordelia. Uh, Make sure I'm rolling this right. That's only a 12 to hit. That misses me. Okay. Uh, second shot at Enza. It's a nine to hit. That misses. Nope. Uh, the other where is going to take his two shots. One at oh, get two shots. Uh, Clove. That's a 12 to hit. That hits. That hits. Yeah. <laughs> 12 oh, AC, guys. I've got the worst AC. He also rolled max damage. Uh, so that's 14 points of damage. From the gunshot, and then the last one is going to cycle back towards Cordelia, since both of them are taking shots at you because you hit both of them with fire. Fair That's enough. a natural one. That misses. So uh, he takes the shot, and it sort of it goes wide, hitting a mirror and shattering glass across the floor. Um, that wasn't expensive. It probably was. It's a lot of expensive stuff in this Could room. Could have been fake. Uh, but that is all of their turn, uh, Cordelia. Great. Um, I <laughs> since I guess we're running away. Um, I would like to <laughs> turn and uh, yell. Um, yeah, I'm gonna turn and yell at the rats um, and say like, "Oi, rats! How would you like some target practice?" And I'm gonna uh, cast Phantom Steed. <laughs> And get on a horse and get the fuck out. <laughs> okay. Of that place. So the phantom steed appears in the the yeah, middle like of this. Yeah, like by entity. the door. Okay, so you cast the phantom steed. The by range the door, is thirty then... feet. So yeah, yeah, you can't do it. So, so you're going to run towards the door as you're casting the spell, yeah. and uh, and then ca- okay, and I then like jump this on my horse. So you sort of vault over the. Um, uh, you actually just just make me an a, an acrobatic check to just see how badass. So you're going to be able to do it either way. But I just want to know how cool this looks. Okay, natural twenty. Well, shit. Uh, okay, twenty-two. Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> cool. Looks the coolest as you coolest. <laughs> so you vault over the counter and uh, go tearing through the shop as both rats who are on either side of you kind of train their guns at you, firing along the way. Small jars and other. Uh, small pieces of furniture are just exploding as they're firing bullets in your direction. You're ducking between the shelves. And as you finish the incantation, you reach the doorway and there is a spectral horse that appears. What does your spectral horse look like? Um, I think she is like jet black um, and has this like jet black, like long flowing mane and her eyes are like red, the same color as Cordelia's eyes. Okay. So shadow mare. Yeah, but okay. not as not as like beefy as Shadow Mirrors. Okay, um, she's like real right. slick. Okay, so you and and you get to the door and you mount up on the horse uh, and begin to ride off. I assume. Um, yeah, and I'm just yelling at the, I'm just like yelling expletives at the rats sure. over my shoulder, like trying to get them to follow me out the door because okay. I'm pretty sure I'm faster than they are on the horse. Okay. Um, Make a provoke check, I guess. Make a uh, make a, a 
just do persuasion. Oi, ugly. <laughs> That's a natural one. Okay, well, Wait. uh. Two. Okay, what goes around comes around. Okay. <laughs> so maybe they don't quite hear your taunts over the hail of bullets that are uh, streaking through the room. So uh, they don't. It, you're not really sure at this point, I think, okay. whether they're going to. Either one are going to chase after you. Uh, all right. That will end Cordelia's turn. Sebastian. Okay, so it's basically me and Gora in the room. Craig has mostly made it into the truck by now. Yeah, I think Craig is is at the door of the truck beginning to climb in. Okay. Um, or is probably mostly in the truck about to close the door behind him. Yeah, I think... Because it's Seb at the door, Gura at the door into the back right now, having mm-hmm. just been thorn-whipped. Jeez. Um, oh boy, oh boy. I think... Seb's just gonna hop onto the back of the truck and just also taunt Gura. Uh, just the whole time, it's like his middle finger is on like a steady cam. Like Seb's moving all over the place and running and bobbing in a bit, but the middle finger is just up steady the whole time, taunting <laughs> Gura. Okay, so you and, and you're getting into the truck, getting prepared to to book it out of there too. All right, <laughs> and as you're holding your finger, you can go ahead and make a the the. As a persuasion check. There needs to be like a taunt button in yeah, this game. Um, but persuasion, I think, works better than intimidation. Yeah. And then for actually the actual action, okay, that's a much better persuasion than Cordelia. That was 19. And I think for the actual action, still holding an action to attack if any of them get within melee range. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Um, he definitely seems trained on you. If he was not before, he's more determined to shoot at you now. All right. Uh, hope- shouting back into the room, ladies, let's go. <laughs> I'm already gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Let's see. Hogarth is Hogarth's out of dodge. I'm just gonna take Hogarth off the tractor. He's running. I was counting on him to come drive. He's the one with the, with the proficiency. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Uh, okay, I'll put him back on the tractor then. Um, yeah, we'll say Hogarth is he with his thieves. Uh, with his uh, bonus action and action to dash. God damn it, I'm not going to line him up again. Uh, he is sprinting around the building. He's probably already, he's probably at the truck at this point um, since he's so fast. And so he's he's maybe 10 feet away and about to get in the cab and begin to get the car going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll put it to Gura's turn. And he is going to... I think he's going to take some shots at you. Let him try. Um, if you're in the back of the truck, because I'm imagining the truck, uh, and if you're getting in the back, well, you probably have like partial cover right now um, in the back there. So plus two AC. Plus two to your AC. Yeah. Good to know. And he'll take two attacks at you. Well, that's an 18 to hit. That'll hit. All right. That is seven points of piercing damage. I'm going to deflect missiles. Okay. Uh, So I reduce it by 10 damage, which puts it to zero. In the instant that I have, can I tell is the bullet silver? 
No, it's not silver. Okay, so um, it's mundane. Uh, I'm not going to spend the cue to throw it back. I'll just catch it and drop it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he'll take a second shot consecutive. That's only a five to hit, though, so that misses. Yeah. Uh, so you take the two shots. One ricochets off the metal. The other one, you you kind of spin, and it look, from his perspective, it looks like he hits you, and you see a big grin across his wolf uh, kind of transformed face. And then as you slowly turn back, just holding the bullet in the air, uh, you see that grin fade into a snarl and he cocks his head to the side uh, and just lets out a low growl in your direction. This predatory instinct kicking in. Nice. Uh, That will... To Enza's turn. Okay. Do I still have line of sight on Gura? Yeah, yeah. Because you're like in the doorway right now, right by the doorway, so you can see him uh, maybe 10 or 15 feet away from you, and then the two rats that are... Two rats. Okay. Soccer daily leave. Uh, Probably just gonna yell at Sebastian, like, get going! And then uh, gonna try to ensnaring strike again. Okay. That is a 17 to hit. Uh, 17 will hit. Okay. Has to make another strength save. That's a four. <gasps> so he fails the that vines time. come back. Uh, this time it hits the vines sprout out from the wound and binds in the ground. He tries to pull through it and just <laughs> and turns back uh, in your direction as he's kind of bound to the floor trying to rip his way free. But the, the vines are, are just digging into him. Do the vines deal any damage? Uh, yeah, it says the target takes 1d6 piercing damage at the start of each of its turns. Okay, well, perfect. So we'll, when that comes back around him, he'll take, he will take that damage from the magical vines. Okay. Uh, perfect. And then going to start making my way to the front door. We're kind of like keep my, well, yeah. Going to kind of like, I don't know if I could like somehow make my way around the, the rats. Yeah, yeah there's, the door. there's plenty of room in, in here where you don't have to get up into melee with them. Okay, yeah, gonna start heading towards the front door. Okay, with your 30 feet move speed, you make it to the front door. Um, so you're, okay. you're you're out, you're just like right beyond the, the door. Yeah, the so I'm gonna like hold, be holding the door open and go like gun trained in there and be like, come on, Clove! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that'll uh, put it to Clove's turn then. Okay, um... I am going to use three. Oh, why not? Four uses of my Wand of Magic Missiles. So three left. Ooh, I'm, okay. I'm going to. I said four, right? So I'm going to shoot the original three at. No, four at Gura, and then one missile at each of the rats. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Four at Gura. One on each of the others, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Here's the four Gura. So that's six, 10, 11, plus four is 15 points of force damage. Nice. And then rat, let's go with the left rat, is five points of force damage. And oh, only two points of force damage at the right rat. Okay. 
Nice. So the missiles go streaking out for them, uh, slamming into Gura, who lets out a, another uh, just deep uh, growl from the, the force of the impact. Uh, almost a little bit of a yelp, too, as it happens. He's starting to look kind of kind of beaten up at this point. Um, the two rats take their shots, too, also uh, showing some signs of... of abuse now and um, then i'm gonna run out the front door hollering at hogarth to drive around front and get us okay and then you book your yep. way towards the door too mm-hmm. perfect yep. uh that'll put it to the two where rats turns they only see the two of you essentially right now so both of them turn their guns to the uh to clove and enza going to take their shots so we'll do two at clove first <laughs> pew pew uh, both those are going to hit ah! for 16 points Ooh. of your damage total not okay. much more than the one that hit you before okay um, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. okay and then two <laughs> shots at Enza okay it's an 11 and a 13 nope Okay, uh, so both of them miss you. Bounce you dodge. Up. Yeah, I think you maybe like roll around the, the like kind of uh, door frame, and uh, there's just splinters of wood that uh, from the strikes of the bullets kind of uh, spraying around you as you calmly like uh, load your next shot into the gun. Uh, perfect. Uh, that will end the where rats turns as I think they taking their shots are begin to walk back towards the doorway towards the back part of the store where they say Gurub is is kind of in, in a dire position right now kind of to to back up their boss uh, Cordelia I want a horse she's riding <laughs> okay well uh, if there's nothing else you want to do we'll just kind of take you out of the immediate action no, right I now don't, I'm not just going to run like I'm not just going to run away oh okay um. I mean I wouldn't blame you no, um, I thought about I it. <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, but I, I want to ride um, around to where I can meet up with the truck. Okay. I don't know if I can get there this turn or not. How much speed? The horse is like 100 feet. 100 feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the 100 feet of movement, yeah, you get pretty much where Hogarth did. So you make it around the shop and you can <laughs> see you're almost right by the truck. You can see the opening uh, loading bay area. I think you can kind of see Gura in there restrained, or you can at least hear him. And you see Sebastian in the back of the truck, or you can hear Sebastian in the back of the truck. And you see Hogarth is beginning to to get inside as well. All right. I'm just going to yell out time to go, boys. And... I'm gonna cast. This sounds like fun. What other fun stuff can I do? I'm gonna cast mirror image on myself. Okay. And make three of me. <laughs> three more of me. Okay. I'm just trying to confuse the hell out of everybody. I think it's working so far. I'm. As funny as it would be for three of you to be riding on a horse on one on one horse, I'll say it's gonna duplicate in the so it's you on a horse three times. I hope so. <laughs> so you come, or it's two of you levitating in the air and one of you <laughs> sitting on a horse, and they just have to guess which one's real. Well, it creates three more of me, so there's three of them, and then yeah, I'll say it's total. it's 
it duplicates your you on the horse too. So um, it's Great. it's three Cordelias, <coughs> three and more Cordelias on horseback. Awesome. I feel really good about where this is going, actually. Okay. That's it. That's what I want to do. Good. Sebastian, you are uh, in there. Actually, Hogarth's. Hello, wizards. No, Hogarth's turn is after you. So, Sebastian, anything you want to do on your turn? Um, not much more I can do at this point. Uh, I think I just raise my other hand and keep flipping him <laughs> double birds as okay. presumably the rats are getting to him and trying to get him untangled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you're hanging off the back of the truck, just giving him the bird, uh, that'll put it to Hogarth's turn. Hogarth gets in, the truck turns over. I thought about doing something dramatic where I roll a d20 to see if the truck will start, but I'm not going to do that. It haven't had a problem with it so far. It's well maintained. Um, but that would be perfect for an action movie scene. Uh, you, uh, the the truck turns over. Hogarth slams it into gear and and just slams on the pedal and and um, the truck begins to lurch forward out of the alleyway uh, we'll say well, I mean, with that movement he can definitely make it to the front of the store where he will stop for the two of you that are out front um, but that's going to be all of his movement this turn so that'll put it back to let's see that'll put it back to Gura who is going to make a strength check he takes 1d6. He does. So. 1d6. Oh, it's only one. Okay, well. One piercing. <laughs> like Sleeping Beauty, that one pinprick knocks him out. Oh, yeah. only. Uh, he'll make a strength check to see if he can break out. He can, well, I assume your DC is above a nine. Yes. Okay. It's uh 14. Okay, yeah, um, that is he's he's not able to break out as he kind of pulls against the the bindings. That'll put it to Enza and Clover. The two of you climbing into the truck. Uh, yes, but I want to make sure I'm the last one on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, can I? Ooh. I'll uh, let uh, yeah, Clove. You can do what you want to do, and then yeah. We'll... What are you doing? Uh, okay, yeah. Um. Uh, shoot, I thought I had an idea and then now it's gone out of my head but I'm gonna go ahead and just, why not how far is the little how far are the rats away from me? Uh, maybe about 30 feet or so 30 feet, okay um, just cause it's fun uh, I'm gonna go ahead and thorn whip one of them again <laughs> okay cause I can <laughs> you know. cause I'm just annoyed at them they're like New York City rats. I just want to step on them. Uh, <laughs> 17 plus 7 is 24 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay. And let's are you going to drag it towards you? Uh, no, I'm just going to whip him. Okay. For being annoying. Fair. Oh, and that's um, uh, 11 points of damage. Nice. Piercing. Damn. That one is not looking good. Uh, no. Okay. So. And I'll just get on the Dumaflachi. So. Okay, that wrap takes a, a whip to the back, uh, and Enza, what do you want to do before you get on the truck? I am going to cast Hunter's Mark on Gura at second level. Okay. Um, so, which means that the vines are going to go away. You do drop the vines, but... Uh, I drop the vines. Okay, so you, you look at... Um, at Gura, who is currently in, restrained and trying to pull up the gun to uh, take a shot, like straight through the shop at you, um, towards the front, and you um, 
whisper an incantation and you feel that uh, kind of honing presence and you you uh, lock on to mark your quarry and you jump into the back of the truck. Okay. At which point we'll go through the were-rats turns. They see the danger. One of them is going to use their action to try to break the bindings on... No, no, the bindings are gone. He's free. Yeah, they're both going to kind of run back through the shop and be firing bullets through the shop windows at you all as the truck is beginning to pull away. We'll do two... That'll be four more shots. Uh, We'll do two shots at... Who's in the back of the truck right now? It's Enza, Sebastian, Clove, and Cordelia, you're on horseback. I assume somewhere nearby. Yeah, I'm going to go with the truck. Sure. Um, So we'll do one shot at each of you. So we'll do a shot at Sebastian. 15. Uh, Still with the plus two from the truck. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you all have the partial cover in, in the truck. Then that misses. Okay. And Clove... That's a 13. Does that, if you have a plus two to your AC, does that miss you? Or what is your AC? My AC with the plus two is 14. So, okay. So that misses. Okay. Cool. Oh, thank God. Cause I thought I was going to die. <laughs> uh, another one at Enza that misses. And then Cordelia, you do not have the bonus from the truck, but it is the mirror image. So yeah, I'm reading how it works. Uh, each time a creature targets you with an attack. Uh, roll a d20 to determine whether the attack instead targets one of your duplicates. Okay, roll a d20. And I have three, so I have to roll a six or higher. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's a six. Okay. So then it you... does. Okay, and your their AC is uh, ten plus uh, your dex? So twelve. Twelve. Um, that's a nine, so that misses anyway. Yay. Never know. Who haven't I shot it yet? I shot everybody. I think I got everybody. Yeah. Okay. That's the end of their turns. Cordelia, Sebastian. So the two of you are just ri- riding and riding um, along with the truck. Hogarth peels off, and with the speed, the speed of the truck, which we decided was a lot, and the speed of the horses, which is a lot, uh, you all tear off down the street away from the store. Awesome. Well done. You solved my werewolf puzzle. Or just delayed it. (laughs) Yes. Where do you go? Where are you going right now? Uh, I think once we've cleared far enough away, uh, I don't know if this is kind of the truck where there's, you know, a little window between the cab and the cargo area. Sure. Uh, So go up and just... Assuming Hogarth knows what to do, but letting them know, okay, we need to make sure we're, we lose them, make sure they're not following. And then as as that is happening, I, I think we have some time to talk about. So where are we heading? Back to Wingate pick up Pilar? I assume not straight to the joint or anything. No, we shouldn't go back to the joint quite yet. We got a good look at all of us. I need a minute. And I cast Cure Wounds on myself at second <laughs> level because okay. I'm hurt as heck. Yeah, that's oh. fair. Oh, yeah. Were you, you were the only one who got hurt, I think. I'm the only one who took damage, yeah. Oh. 
Oh, buddy. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, wow. that's some good rolls in there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to even roll real dice on that because that was <laughs> too good. <laughs> uh, where should we go? Ooh. So this is probably a terrible idea, but what if we take them to the, what did people call it? The Doom Cave or something that the professor wants us to check out? Try and lure them in there, see if we can't get whatever nasties down there to take them out. Though that's more than likely to just get two mean nasties up against us. Yeah, we don't know what's there yet. I wouldn't want to risk it being something even worse than werewolves. Yeah, just, just a thought I had. Where creatures. Well, as long as I'm thinking about it, I kind of kind of put a marker on Gura. So I got a little bit of an idea of where he's at for the next hour. That'll help. Certainly enough for us to get away. Yeah, do I... I don't know what Hunter's Mark do. You get advantage on checks to track him. Okay, so, it's not like the radar. No, it's not like a radar, but you would <laughs> if you if you try to seek him out, you'll have a better chance at trying to find him. You probably have to like, go back to the shop and trace his footsteps from there from the last place you knew he was, but you definitely have a better understanding of where he where he will be. I mean, what if we circle around and then just show back up at the shop? It's a possibility, but I can't do shit against those guys. Got yeah, no silver, got no magic. That's true. We do need a weapon up somehow. Uh, I think Craig, who's in the truck, says, I, I could... I might be able to help with that. Um, we'd have to... We'd, we'd have to get back to the shop. But... If any of you could get your hands on any essence gems, I could make you some weapons that might be able to help. Oh, don't we just know a professor was offering us some essence gems? That's true. What are we gonna do with you in the meanwhile, Craig? Kind of where you can hide? Uh, I mean, you can stick with us. That's true. I think, yeah, Horus chimes in and says, I can look after him. <laughs> uh, and I think Craig who's in the front says, uh, do you really want to leave me alone with, with this guy, though? Uh, and and Horus says, it'll be fine. You're in good hands. Yeah, it'll be great. Horus pretty good. And Hogarth just sort of, as he's driving, just takes his eyes off the road for a second and looks back through the window. Those just like pits for eyes, staring <laughs> back uh, at Craig, who I think freezes up but is afraid to say anything at that moment. Um, and Hogarth says, uh, I could drop you off and then go pick up Pilar. The two yeah. of us can keep an eye on the professor or the professor i don't know why i said that keep an eye on craig sounds like a good idea i do pilar's gonna probably gonna be pissed when we tell her what just happened this might be best if she stays away from you seb yeah let's yeah 
good call. Let's let's keep her away until everything is blown over as much as it can. Should I drop you off at the orphanage then? It's probably a, as good a place as any. Yes, okay. Hold on then. And he drives towards the, uh, being say towards Lower Gothford to drop you off at the dig site. Uh, it's probably a 10 or 15 minute drive from here in midday traffic. Uh, I'll give you the time at this point to take a short rest. I mean, even when you get there, you can sit there for a bit and, and rest if you wish to take one. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. I'm sure getting a key point back can only help. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use my arcane recovery to get spells all back. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and use some hit dice as well. So... Let's go with 2d8 for now. Are were creatures humanoids? Yes. Got it. Okay. This is half my wizard level rounded up, so three? Uh, yes. Yeah, you get three spells. Uh, up to three, three spell slots. Three levels of spell slots, yeah. All right, we got their their rests in, feeling good. As good as we're gonna. Perfect. Uh, all right, so Hogarth pulls up into the lower Gothford area. Um, I'm the older side of town. I think Lower Gothford has some of those sort of last vestiges of some of the more or the less advanced civilization of the Ryman Empire. There's still some cobblestone streets. Uh, there are some buildings that look definitely look older. And there's that that mismatch of the the newer infrastructure, the brick, the red brick buildings, the uh, the paved uh, roadways, the um, little bit of like the the electric lanterns kind of mixed in with some of that uh, older architecture here. However, as you pull up, there is, uh, or outside of a building, that definitely rings of that um, that old world feel. It is a gray-stoned, two-story building, and um, you can see the, the top floor itself uh, to one corner has sort of collapsed inwards. Um, you can see some chars, uh, charred marks of what appears to have been a fire at some point or some fire damage that at one point um, kind of ruined the structure of the building. And there is a, a fence that surrounds it and some signs on the fences that read uh, condemned. So the building is in pretty rough shape. And you can see the above this, the the doors, there's a kind of a wide set of stairs that lead up to the first uh, first floor set of doors in the building. And in the stone engraved above, you can clearly read the words uh, orphanage above it. And otherwise, the doors, one of the doors is broken inward. It, it looks open. You can see some signs, probably Enza, you notice this. There, there are some signs of people that have um, come through these gates and, and some foot traffic 
that has led into here recently, giving the impression of uh, this is probably the the tracks from the dig team that the professor had told you about, the one that gave you the job. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. That'll be the thing. I'm making sure I got everything on that. So yeah, you, you know, Hogarth pulls up, uh, kicks the car in or the, the truck in the park. The four of you unload, rested, ready to go. And Hogarth uh, pulls away with Craig in tow, leaving you at the orphanage here. So let's, let's review. What do we know? They went down, they found a chamber beneath the orphanage, went down, they heard noises and screaming, no one bothered to check. We need to go down and see what happened. And kill whatever's down there. And also find the artifacts, I guess. Yeah, we get some money on anything we find, so. Not a thing we want to forget. (laughs) Yeah. I assume before Hogarth left, they told us where they were going to be waiting, so we know how to meet back up. Yeah, where do you guys want to arrange to meet up afterwards? I'd say just the joint, but that's easy. I mean, it's the easiest location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah he'll go pick up PLR and then take her and uh, Craig to the the joint, and then. You guys will meet up there later. Perfect. So you head into the building? Yes. All right. So you head up the stairs and walk through the broken remnants of the the right door that leads into the orphanage. Uh, And as you enter, you uh, get some idea of the layout. Many of the interior walls have been broken away, and there are some wooden supports that have been put in to prop up the building and make sure it doesn't sort of collapse in on itself, uh, leaving a pretty uh, open interior. And you immediately see as you walk in through the doors and you can see across the probably 200 foot span of this uh, opening hall of the orphanage, you see the activity of this dig team. Uh, The stone floor of the building has been torn up. Um, All of the slabs kind of piled to one side, Uh, mounds of dirt that are pushed off um, in uh, another corner, leaving a about 15 foot uh, square hole in the floor here. And you can see the uh, there's a structure that they've sort of built over the hole, um, a wooden uh, frame that supports a lever and pulley system of some sort of lifting cart that seems to lower down to the hole itself. Uh, Scattered around the room, you see a number of wooden crates uh, many of which are em- uh, are, are open. Uh, many are empty. You can't. There are some that are still closed. You see some shovels, uh, empty sacks. You see a tarp kind of folded off to one side, and then you see a couple of smaller crates. These are the ones that are closed, and you can see on the front of these uh, these wooden boxes there is a. Uh, a kind of stamped into the wood. Uh, you see the word explosives. 
Is one open? <laughs> Is there any that look open or a crowbar nearby? Oh no. Uh, yeah, I'd say there's a there's a crowbar nearby. One of the boxes is open and does look to be empty. Another one is still nailed shut. Can I go ahead and carefully crowbar the nailed shut one? Sure, sure. Make a slide of it. No, I'm just kidding. You can you can <laughs> open it uh, without too many. G- it's not that stable. It is it is uh, dynamite. Um, as you open it, there are three sticks of dynamite inside. Yeah, uh, I don't. Okay, here's a question: Am I proficient at dynamite? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, you and I both have the tavern brawler feat, which makes us proficient with improvised weapons. But that might apply more for smacking them with dynamite, which sounds like a terrible idea. So, (laughs) the for dynamite, you don't. I don't think it requires a proficiency. It's just uh, it's just lighting and throwing. Okay. Um, Essentially, as an action, a creature can light a stick of dynamite and throw it to a point within up to sixty feet away. Okay. Each creature within a five foot within five feet of that point make must make a DC twelve dexterity saving throw or take three d six bludgeoning damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Um, and then you can tie multiple sticks together and deal additional damage. Nice. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna keep one and. Does anybody else want one? He's probably will come in handy. I think I'm alright. I'll take one. No thanks. Okay. I'll, keep, I'll keep two. And unless you want the second one. So. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. You've oh got more gosh. distance than I do, so. Alright, go ahead and mark your inventory. Two sticks of dynamite or one stick of dynamite? <laughs> oh boy! <Yay. laughs> um, there's also some additional so boom boom sticks. <laughs> there's there are fuses in there too. If you um, want to take the fuses, and you can rig up the fuse to be longer or shorter depending on how long you want the interval before you can explode it. Because you can um, uh, you could rig it with a longer fuse and set like a time to explode like within like one to six rounds. So. All right. Oh, that's some of the stuff in the room. I mean, you guys went straight for the the fun stuff, but there's, like I said, shovels and sacks and other things here too. If you want to take those, um, I'll look through. I guess some of the sacks while they're picking up dynamite. Yep. <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah. There's there are four empty sacks. Uh, one fifty foot square tarp. Two shovels and fifty feet of hemp rope. Do you think we need any of this? I think I already have rope. I'm double checking in the mic because I've got the explorers pack, and I think I'm pretty sure I've got rope. Yeah, I got some rope in in my bag. Maybe we should just go check it out and see. Yeah. Yeah, I've got 50 feet of rope. I'm going to take the rope. I don't have any. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you can take the rope. Um, And then I'll start going in. Okay. So there's essentially a, uh, a wooden kind of lifting platform that you can all step onto and then there's a, a winch that you can pull and lower the 
the platform down using a series of complicated counterweights, which I'm not going to try to explain. Okay. All right. Learn that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you all load up onto the platform and pull the the winch, and it begins to lower you down into the darkness below. Which is a good time for me to change the music. Can I have made sure I summoned my bat earlier? Sure. Okay, I did that. There's a bat here now. Okay, you, uh, did you already have, are you casting the spell or are you just re-summoning it? Just re-summoning it. I cast it a long, long time ago. Okay, that's what's making sure. Yeah, so you got your your bat familiar. How big is bat? Is it little? Is it big? How big is bat? Is it like one of those little fluff ball bats with the tiny little wings? Um. Or is it like a like a big bat? I I mean I don't think she's huge. Um. I think she's I don't know. I want to spend the next twenty minutes talking about this bat. Okay. <laughs> Let's do. Um, no, I think she's like a fruit bat. Like I don't I don't think she's that big. Okay. She's not okay. a scary it's bat. Like, she's like a brown, black. She's black, but she's a little like fluffy bat. The ones that look like puppies, but with yeah, wings. those ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not a nice raptor bat. bat. She's What's cute. her name? Uh, Hecate. Hecate. No, what's the name? Don't just heck it. Heck it. <laughs> heck it. <laughs> oh, heck it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, she's the cutest with yeah. those little ears. That one. Okay. Here realigned Hogarth's token down there the right way. Okay, so as the, uh, the you begin to head down the shaft, you can see it isn't so much a tunnel as it looks like they broke through the ceiling of something because not more than uh, eight feet or so of solid stone until you begin to lower down into a large chamber. Um, Below you, those of you that have dark vision, you can see an ovular room, uh, stone walls kind of protruding out in every direction. Uh, the room seems to be a couple hundred feet across. It's, it's fairly large. And there are three pillars equally spaced near the center of the room that seem to be supporting the ceiling, uh, which would be the floor of the orphanage. Um, and it does look like from the ceiling, you can see some burn marks around it. It looks like they use some of the dynamite to essentially blow the hole in the ceiling to um, look down here or to make their way down here. Um, again, those of you with dark vision can see that out of this room, there are appear to be four passages um, or tunnels on each of like the four sides of this room. Um, spaced around um, and the tunnels themselves seem to as far as you can tell from here they look like they have debris uh, piled up in them uh, looks like those passages are collapsed um, however around the chamber between those larger um, tunnels you can see there are a dozen kind of smaller uh, doorways or uh, off uh, passages that seem to be leading out as well. Um, 
as the lift hits the floor with a heavy thud, jostling you for a second. You, your eyes adjust some more, and you can see around the room itself. There is debris, rocks, and other objects kind of strewn around the area. Um, there are a bunch of shapes and, and things on the ground, but uh, from your too detailed, it's too um, from your current perspective. Unless you begin to kind of search around the room, it's hard to tell exactly what they are. Anyone mind if I shed a little light? I can't see uh, shit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why not? Okay, Go for it. I'm gonna cast light on my necklace that I'm wearing. Okay. You cast light. Uh, and as you cast the spell, there is a using white light. You not if creepy. it's coming through that necklace. Yeah, <laughs> is it red? Sure, is, yeah, it, that's is red. it red light? Okay, Ooh, so this eerie uh, crimson light comes, uh, kind of washes over the immediate area around you, and you get a better idea of the um, of the space. The room itself seems damp. There is mold patches that seem to be covering the floors and some of the pillars that are closer to one of the pillars that are uh, closer to you. Um, you can see that the pillars itself and the walls of the chamber appear to have engravings or, or some sort of murals on them. Uh, looks like there was like a probably a civilization that was living here uh, previously. There are remnants of um, of other structures that were in this room at some point that have eroded and, and been broken away. Um, small like tables, chairs, um, shacks, things like that scattered around this room. But uh, again, everything's been destroyed to a point of non-recognition. Um, who here has a, hmm, trying to say, who here has a passive perception 13 or higher. One short. Uh, Just both. It's like 10 plus your perception, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 16. I okay, don't. So, mine's 11. <laughs> I have a 17. Okay, so the two of you, know, Enza and Clove, uh, you notice something. Uh, and the rest of you probably pick it up too, but you can't really identify it very well. There's, a, there's an odd smell in the air here. And uh, Clovenenza, you recognize there's a smell of sulfur um, or sulfurous. And you actually see just lightly, and, and with the light on, it's, it's actually more pronounced. There's sort of a thin mist hanging in the air uh, around here. Uh, you're breathing it in right now. It doesn't seem to have any effect, but it is, it is present. Um, and actually, you can see some, um, I'd say it's hanging pretty low to the floor. Uh, it doesn't look like it's escaping through the hole above you. Uh, there's also kind of scattered around the room. Now you have the light. There are little bits of fabric, uh, broken pottery, metal, metallic fastenings, um, all kind of scattered around the floor, just, just all over the place. Um, and I think you also notice that a lot of the fabric, as you're approaching it, and, and you kind of all begin to investigate the room a little bit, the fabric itself is, is clothing. Um, 
belonging to you know not not typical clothing i say the shirts and pants and stuff but like um like kunics and and uh loincloths and things like that like of a very very primitive society um but it's scattered around indicating that there were probably a lot of creatures here at some point um and unless they all just decide to shed their clothes here in some sort of elaborate dance party, uh, <laughs> they probably died here. Um, but you don't see any bones. I get a sense of where the sorry, where the sulfur's coming from. Yeah. From the, like, is it like as I go down a hallway? Is it sort of like? Do I get a sense? Uh, if you if you walk around the room a bit, uh, no, it, it just seems to be sort of omnipresent. Like it was trapped in this chamber. You, you gather that this chamber was sealed, pretty much, um, until the the hole was blown in the ceiling, uh, and it was probably just trapped here. Okay. You can try to identify it if you if you want. Um, uh, can I take a minute? And use my primeval awareness. Sure. So uh, let me do that. So I like sort of concentrate for a minute and try mm-hmm. to sense if my favorite enemies, which are monstrosities, are around. Okay. There's definitely nothing in here, but let me check something totally unrelated right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't sense any monstrosities in the in the area. Um, what is it up to a mile? Uh, within five miles. Oh, okay. There are probably monstrosities within five miles of where you're at, but in the immediate area, you don't sensing any <laughs> any monstrosities. Okay. Um, there are a lot of monstrosities. I think it's like the whole above city. You. Yeah, it's like. Probably not a lot. There are monstrosities in the city. Um, yeah. But there are not, uh, you don't see any in your immediate presence. Your sense in your immediate presence. Okay. Uh, can I take a closer look at what's on the walls? Sure. Um, so you approach the the walls themselves, and, and there are a number of murals here. Um, they're very faded, but go to make a history check. Uh, 23. That's definitely enough. Um, to yes, finally to found something I'm good at. <laughs> the DC that I had set for this, which was a 14. Um, you, uh, you Brain look blast! At, yeah, you look over the walls and immediately it comes to you. The imagery that you're seeing here is uh, Kuatoa in nature. Ah. Um, uh, sort of an ancient society of, of fish-like fish people. people. Yeah. And you gather from the writings and imagery across the walls, which is all over the place. This was probably like a, a, like a trade market at some point for a city or a Kuatoa civilization that once might have called this place home. Well, it looks like Kuatoa used to live here a long, long time ago. 
know if they were here or not, I bet they'd feel like fish out of water. It's like the rest of us just trying to swim upstream. <laughs> we're in a spooky ass dungeon. The little levity is called for, don't you right. think so? Well <laughs> Anyway <laughs> This was like um a marketplace or something like that to them. Hmm. It seems a bit strange. Is there water anywhere in here? Like, I don't know what you said, the walls and stuff are wet, but is there any, like... Like a source of water? Can we hear water? Do Kuoto live in the water? Uh, <laughs> or near the water? <laughs> usually near the water. Like they don't it? typically live... They're, yeah, they're, they're not like uh, Triton or other like aquatic dwellers. They usually live in very swamp-like areas that are right on the edge of the water. Um... Can I hear, like, but, a source of water anywhere? Make a perception check. Oh, gee. While she's doing that, can I look for the source of the sulfur? The gas? Uh, sure. Sniff for it? Yeah, uh, you can make a... You make an investigation check, because you're listening okay. to the source. Oh, I make an investigation check. <laughs> I know I just reversed this, but you're looking. You're just trying to hear if you hear something. Just trying to get a general vibe whether you well, hear something, something specific. I'm looking for something pretty specific in this one cave we're in. Uh, I rolled a six. <laughs> a six. Okay. No, you don't hear any sounds of rushing water. Okay. Right. And those uh, of you with the higher pass perceptions, you don't hear any sounds of rushing water either. Okay. I miss Lil. I miss Lil. <laughs> I miss Lil. Because I rolled a natural one. I have plus zero. I don't. Your recollection, your recollection of Lil is probably different than mine because I remember remember her wearing a lot of natural ones and things. Yes, but I could re roll them. (laughs) That's true. That is true. I forget that. You just rolled a lot of them twice in a row. Um, (laughs) Harsh. Um, Yeah, so I don't know nothing. Yeah. uh, Bonked my head on something. Yeah, with because I'm assuming you don't have like a plus ten to your investigation. Um, I got a plus zero, so yeah. I'm doing real so good. Uh, yeah, you you really can't find a source to this. Like I said, there are chambers leading out of this room, or um, yeah. small little um, little kind of passageways leading out that you guys can investigate if you want. I have a yeah. plus ten to my investigation. I have a plus seven to my perception, so you should investigate. Let's trade. And let's call it good. Hey, come look at this. I'll go look at that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I do want to look at the little side passages and maybe try to see, try to tell which one the two people went down. Mm -hmm. Or that more has been trafficked more. Sure. Uh, So you fan out. Let me get some sort of uh, marching order, like who's going with who. Is are you guys all traveling as a group, or is it just one of you? Are you all fanning out and looking separately? I'm sticking with Cordelia because I can't see Nikes. So so then I guess Team Dark Vision is probably sticking together. Um, Yep. Wander off and just poke at things with his cane. You know, flip some fabric around, move some debris over. But okay, Ed's on Sebastian and. Cloven Cordelia. Perfect. Can I send, um, if they're, I don't know if we're doing anything else 
in this cave. Um, but can I uh, send Hecate um, with Team Darkvision down mm-hmm. the tunnel so I can see what they're doing? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And essentially, you're you're fanning out in a large circular room, so you can kind of. Well, those of you dark vision can can you can definitely see where Cordelia and Clove are because they're a big glowing beacon right now. Um, you two lose track of where Enza and, and Sebastian are. Uh, Probably knowing this once they're a little bit out of range, Seb just kind of goes, <laughs> shove him. Perfect. I will sit on you. <laughs> so we'll say just kind of picking these randomly. There are there are twelve other chambers in this room. Roll a one d twelve. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, if we're fanning out, then I'm going to send Hecate down some of them just to like peek. So yeah, and they're faster. Not really, well, you learn fast is each one of these is not like a. Uh, it's not. A, it doesn't look like a tunnel. These look like small like shops and other like uh, trying to think homes. That would have once been portioned throughout this market square, this trade center. Um, seven of them are just collapsed, and you can't really get anything inside. There's rubble, and everything's sort of built up in there, and you can't you can't see anything uh, within them, and you can't really enter. Uh, much like the tunnels, the larger tunnels that led out of here. Uh, three of them, which we'll say Cordelia and Clove, the two of you find a couple of these. Um, are pretty bare. There are a few like stone benches, tables, uh, some rotted crates that probably once contained like spices or grains inside of them. Um, nothing really that uh, out of the ordinary or, or important. Um, Sebastian and Enza. The two of you find one that the door itself is actually closed. Um, it looks like there's like a stone slab kind of in the way, and it's um, kind of blocking your entry. Um, however, with just a little bit of a weight behind it, doesn't actually take a check or anything. You're able to slide that open, revealing a larger interior uh, store here. And as far as you can tell, it appears to be some sort of like a stone workers' chambers. There are some shiny and glistening like geodes and other um, uh, like marble slabs throughout uh, that some of them kind of like partially carved Um, and as you kind of fan through this the rubble here you begin to find some valuable things and some like um, more interesting things among around the mix Uh, behind or um partially on top, some of them have fallen behind the counter, you're able to find uh, five uh, intricate marble figurines that are um, carved in the likeness of like a bloated fish. Um, and they're pretty, I mean, the craftsmanship is, is pretty good on those. Uh, you imagine they might be valuable to the right collector. Uh, and sifting through some of the rubble there, uh, you can also see some of the uh, some other materials that were probably used to make some of these statues that uh, you do find kind of scattered throughout the shop. There are some pearls that are um, kind of buried amongst the rubble. Um, all in all, you're able to find uh, about 10 of those. 
Um, I think probably what would have happened is, because you had mentioned there were sacks up above, uh, Sub probably would have taken one, encourage everyone else to take one as, as well, so we can start gathering what artifacts mm -hmm. we can find. Sure. And so gather up the pearls and those figurines especially, um, and then maybe other geodes and such as well. Mm -hmm. Or actually before that, conferring with Enza. Uh, what do you think? Are we better off taking this stuff now or putting the door back in place and coming back once we clear out whatever's down here? I think we'll probably collect them and then leave them in a pile where we can find them. Sounds good to me. Okay, so you put them in the bag and then put that sack maybe like near the lift or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so they said seven were collapsed. Cordelia and Clove looked at three of them. Mm -hmm. We found one. one of the big ones. So what about the other one? Uh, I'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Cordelia and Clove, uh, the two of you check out the, again, essentially the final chamber. Um, this one you enter, there is staining across the ground that indicates that there was a lot of blood in here at some point. And that's a little disconcerting at first until I think Cordelia with your history check before looking around and seeing kind of the structure of the room, you realize this is probably something akin to like a butcher's chamber. Um, some sort of food preparation person for the Kuatua. What Kuatua eat varies. Um, but this was probably used in some sort of, uh, for some sort of butchery needs. Um, make an investigation check. Finally. <laughs> Natural. <laughs> 28. I got a 19. Yeah. Nice. Better than a one. So I'll give you each one thing here because you both rolled really well. Um, Cordelia, you notice uh, as you're kind of walking through here, there is a a section of the wall which you see a like a fine crack around that looks mm -hmm. like there is a piece of the wall that might kind of pull away. <gasps> okay. Um, you pull it off. Oh, I thought you were going to tell Clove what they found first. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do that after. Okay, okay. Uh -oh. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go and try to, like, very carefully. I'll use my mage hand to help me um, and see if I can, like, shift it. Okay. Yeah, it's not very heavy. Um, you, you pull it off the wall, and it's about, like, a inch-thick stone slab with a hollowed-out interior behind it. And you see behind it a, um, a statue uh, appears to be made of, like, brass or bronze. Um, with two inset like emerald eyes to it um, that appears to depict like a Kuatoan deity. Clove. What'd you find? Look at this. Mm -hmm. That's gotta be worth some coin. You're telling me? Those gems alone have gotta be worth... some gold. <laughs> I have no idea how much gems are worth. I think maybe this is the kind of stuff we're supposed to be taking back. Thanks to make the professor dude pretty happy. You got anything? 
Yes. <laughs> what did I find, John? Yes, I found a... <laughs> um, <laughs> you find... I'll, I'll do one other thing for, for Cordelia before we go, because I wasn't sure if you were going to ask or if you were going to uh, um, mention it. The, the deity that is depicted on the statue uh, appears to be of... Um, and this probably makes you maybe a little bit disconcerted, a little bit less worried about what happened to these uh, Kuotoa. Uh, the deity that this Kuotoa appears to worship is Dagon, um, who is actually, I think, by most arcane scholars, uh, considered to be um, a demon lord wow. or a demon prince. Um so it makes you maybe a little bit more happy in the destruction of these Kuotoa uh, than you were previously. But that's your choice to make. Well, they're not going to sacrifice us to a demon prince. No, they're not. It's my lucky day. And maybe a little more clear on where the what the source of the blood might have been. But, Chloe, you cool. see, as you're kind of going through the shop, you begin to feel a like a draft in here and towards the back of the shop there are some like uh, very rotted planks that are stacked up and as you move some of them you realize it looks like the wall towards the back of the shop has split and there is a fissure that appears to lead somewhere else than here uh, it's pretty thin maybe about two feet, two and a half feet across. Uh, it's gonna it'd be a tight squeeze for, for any of you, um, but there's- Especially like a, me. <laughs> especially you. The others might not have as much trouble. You could all make it through, but it's, uh, there appears to be some exit to here. Cordelia, I think there's a, there's a, there's something behind here. Oh yeah? Yeah, I'm, I, I can't see down here, but it's gonna move. I really hope I don't rip my outfit. Um, can we see? Can we? I, I know Hectet is Hectet. Hec what's your Hecate? Thank you. I know it was a. I was gonna call it Hectar. I'm like, no, that's like a s s measurement. <laughs> anyway, can we? Can we send the bat down maybe and see what you see? Oh, Make yeah. sure we're not walking into anything before I try to squeeze through here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I will. Uh, command Hecate to fly through the crack and then I'll look through her eyes and see if I can see anything. Okay. So you send uh, Hecate through the uh, through the crack and um, she flies through very easily navigating the um, this narrow fissure with her tiny form. Uh yeah, it's pulled up. Uh, and after about maybe 15 feet, it actually emerges into uh, a larger tunnel. And you see the broken walls of several buildings, same kind of stone structure that you see within the, the chamber that you're in. Um, most of them collapse, but uh, there's about like a 10 to 15 foot ceiling here. Um, where it looks like these broken walls of a building and, and of buildings and uh, structures that might have once existed and kind of built the city are supporting the rocks and earth and debris that seem to have crushed and kind of uh, 
enveloped this city, forming a passageway that um, snakes forward. How far do you want Hecate to go? How far? I think it's like 100 feet that she can go until she can do visual. Scroll. Dang it. Uh, yep. Uh, I can communicate with them telepathically uh, within 100 feet. Yes. Okay. Um, so about that far. So she flies up and, and, and it looks like the passageway continues and, and then you reach the point where it, it breaks off and you uh, you reach the edge of your ability to communicate. Tell her to come back and we tell Clove what is up. More of a ruined city. It's probably worth investigating, isn't it? For sure. Okay. We should get the others. Yeah, probably. The two of you. I don't want to carry a demon statue with me. Yeah, that one's. It's creepy, right? A bit. It's worth money, which is good, but. Cool, I'll be glad to get rid of it. Yeah. Sell that puppy. Or fishy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll creep back out. Seb. Enza. Find anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dagon. Can I roll religion on Dagon? Sure. I don't know if I'll potentially find out anything that we didn't already know. 17? 17. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of similar to what um, what Cordelia kind of innately knew. Um, you maybe know more of a religious perspective on it. Dagon being a, um, a, a demon lord, uh, also called Prince of the Depths. Um, is sort of an aquatic-based um, demon creature. There are many cults that have uh, centered around the worship of this demon, uh, many of them being uh, Kuatoa-based or other aquatic, um, kind of evil aquatic creatures. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as all that goes, I mean, it's just sort of tied in with uh, kind of horror stories of Uitoa and I keep wanting to say Murlocs, but that's not what I'm trying to do. That's a different thing. Uh, other evil aquatic creatures like capturing sailor folk and sacrificing them in horrible Tyrants. rituals. Yeah. Alright, well, that's not a nice guy, but looks like he'll sell for something, so let's consolidate what we found. I'd very much like the Prince of the Depths to stay here. Yeah. And uh, we find a passage. Nice. It's a tight squeeze, but you guys should have an easier time of it than I am. We didn't find any secret passages, so my guess is whatever killed the people came from where you found, so. Well, hopefully they didn't summon a bunch of demons or something. I mean, it does, it does smell like sulfur in here. Do you guys smell that now? Oh, that's what that is. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it, what I know. It can catch fire. Uh, make a nature check. Okay. Let's see. 
Jesus. Uh, that's a four. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I need new dice. Okay. Hard to <laughs> say. Okay. Hard to say. Um, only one way to find out. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll, okay. I'll give you this as sort of a <laughs> maybe a little bit more reasonable to just know. Um, you don't know exactly what the substance is, but you gather if it had been combustible, it would have combusted when the ceiling was blown open. Got it. Okay. Well, that works. Um, how about I go first? Because if I get stuck, then you guys aren't stuck in the bad area. And then I'll just figure out a way to blow up the wall. Well, is there a beastie that would make sense for you to turn into? Or is that not worth it just for getting through? Something that would make sense for you to be when we get to the other side. Yeah, it's pretty cool when you can change into animals and stuff. Yeah, I just worry about, you know, I, I can only do it so often in a day, but let me see. Let me think about this. What can I turn into? <laughs> I forgot. Enza. Ease. And Clove. Uh-huh. Both hear noise. Oh, goody. A noise like that? A noise like that. Oh, no. Uh, this sort of skittering noise uh, off in the distance and I think you both hear a or you both see some shapes moving some very dark shapes moving uh, around the corners of the chamber just beyond the light like in in the larger chamber or down the little tunnel in the larger chamber oh, okay. one of them kind of comes down you just see a dark shape kind of moving down the wall um, and then kind of disappearing in one of the the um, the abandoned chambers off to the side. We're about to have company. Yeah. Well, fun. I don't. I don't know what it is for sure, but it's it's coming. It's over in that chamber. Of, oh God! Another one kind of. Noise. Another one kind <laughs> of. A uh, uh, shape kind of moves uh, out from the chamber and then uh, behind one of the pillars, pretty close to you. As long as it doesn't need silver or magic. I'm going to try to get a better look. Can I try to, like, stealthily, like, go out there and take a peek? Sure. Can I see anything? Sure, sure, sure. Um, you, uh, you make a stealth check. Okay. 60? 16. Okay. Um, you begin to sort of creep forward towards where you saw the creature moving. Um, and I think you get pretty close to it. Uh, you, you see a dark shape kind of, uh, again, right at the edge of one of those um, partially collapsed rooms. And as you approach, you think you see like, it looks like a beetle or something uh, like a larger beetle probably about a foot to two feet um, in length. Um, Which doesn't really concern you at first. um, These sort of creatures being pretty common, living underground. Mm -hmm. But it sort of twitches weirdly for a second. And as your eyes are adjusting and you're getting a little bit closer to it, it begins to turn and you see one of its legs kind of fall off. And you see that there is this 
vibrant kind of slightly phosphorescent green ooze that is kind of seeping out of some of the cracks in its shell. Um, and then you watch as that ooze sort of attaches to the leg that fell off and causes it to kind of like snap back to the form of the body, kind of pulling the piece the, the together. And then you realize this, this ooze is kind of holding the carapace of this beetle together. This, the, probably dead beetle to form this shell and as you uh, get closer it turns and locks onto you and there isn't a noise it doesn't make any noise but it immediately just starts to skitter straight in your direction and I'm going to need you all to roll initiative (laughs) back of the nasty bugs that's some good initiative. That's 21. Oops. Change this. Do, do, do. Nope, this one's new. Okay, they have the inspector on. Okay, and I will put the beasties on the board as two more also emerge coming down the uh, the sides of the chamber and launching at the rest of you. So these seem to have come originally from the secret passage that Cloven Cordelia found? Or? No, you don't know where they came from. They might have already been in the chamber and gotcha. just been hiding. Um, okay, and I will roll initiative for them. All right. So I'm picturing like chihuahua sized bugs. Is that about yeah, right? Like small dogs, <laughs> essentially. Okay. Um, okay, I need to change that to 20. Now they're winning initiative from Clove. Oh no. <laughs> So bad. She's just having an off day. <laughs> or they. It's yeah, a Alright. Good initiative rolls, guys. Okay. Uh, that'll put it with uh, Sebastian going first. Uh, he's going to run forward to the one that is lunging at Enza. Uh, just going to smack it with his cane to start. Okay. See how that does. That's a 19 to hit. That hits. Uh, four bludgeoning damage. That There's was- no damage. I'm just kidding. Yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, no. That was a one on the damage die. Uh, gonna follow it up with another cane smack. Okay. Uh, another 19 to hit. That Much hits. better damage. Eight. Nice. Uh, and bonus unarmed strike. Kick it. <laughs> just try and boot it. <laughs> uh, 13 to hit. That is not hit. Okay. Um, that time it, it hits the carapace, but doesn't get that. You don't get a full impact through it after two quick strikes with the cane, um, cracking the shell, causing more of the ooze to kind of seep out, uh, trying to hold the carapace together. Um, all right. That will put it to uh, Enza's turn then. Okay. 
I'm going to use my bonus action to Slayer's Prey. Okay. The one that Sebastian just kicked. Sure. Um, and then I'm going to pull out my axe and try to get it. I get advantage because it hasn't run gone yet. Uh, that is a 16 to hit. Uh, 16 hits. Okay. Oops, that was the wrong thing. Uh, let's see. So I get 2d6. That is uh, 5 slashing damage. Plus the... Oh, yeah, plus another... Well... Well, you gotta do the, two, the damage for the rifle, too, right? No, I'm not I'm not doing the rifle. I clicked that on accident. I'm doing the hand axe, oh, oh, which okay. is 1d6, and then I get another d6 for... I rolled two twos. Okay. So plus your strength mod, right? Yes, so plus one, so... Five <laughs> slashing okay. damage versus first one. And okay. then second strike. Um, I have advantage on. So I guess I get advantage on both attack rolls because I have an extra attack. Yeah, you get okay. uh, advantage on all your attacks. Because it hasn't acted yet. Okay, that's like 27. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and that is another... Oh, that's a lot better. That is 10 slashing damage. Okay. Alright. Um, uh, so you get the two strikes on again, kind of chopping through the characters, leaving these big holes in the, in the creature. Um, okay, that's it for your turn, which will bring it to them. So, uh, the one that is right in front of uh, Enza and Sebastian is going to attack the two of you. So it's going to make two quick claw attacks. Um, we'll do one at each of you. So, Sebastian, that'll be an 18 to hit. That'll hit. Okay. Ouch. And 13 against Enza. Nope. Okay. And then I think it'll follow up on this with a sting against Enza, too. That's a seven. I can't hit you for some reason. Uh, so <laughs> that'll be eight points of slashing damage to Sebastian. Okay. Um, you are also grappled by it as the pincer sort of locks onto you. Um, I'd also like. Right your leg. It's going to use its bonus. Oh, no. Not going to do that. Can't do that. Okay. That is all. Oh, I forgot one thing. I'm not going to go back and do that. We'll do that from this point forward. Um, the other two, I don't know why I skipped the next turn, are going to make their attacks. Uh, one is going to skitter up towards Cordelia, uh, kind of flanking around from the back. It's uh, a so 14. Nope. And 13. Nope. Okay. And an eight. No. Nope. All missed. Uh, and the other one is going to attack at Clove. 
Um, actually, no, this one is going to uh, not come immediately and approach all of you, but is going to angle. It's probably only going to be able to get two of you. Uh, I think it's going to angle at Clove and Enza. Oh, no. And instead of approaching, it kind of like puffs up a bit. And then this stream of this goop uh, comes streaking out uh, kind of in a line and then landing uh, almost on top of the two of you. And you do both make dexterity saving throws. Yeah, I thought they were going to slime us. <laughs> well, gosh, that's a natural one. Ooh. So... I got a four. Seven. <laughs> okay, you both failed. You both take eighteen points of acid damage. Oh. Eighteen. Okay. Uh, and that'll put to Cordelia's turn. Okay, so there's one right next to me. Yes. Dang it! All my stuff is ranged. <laughs> Why you do this, bug? Um. <laughs> I hate you. I'm far away. I'm going to. So if it's a ranged spell attack, I have to roll with disadvantage because mm-hmm. it's right next to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want to do that, but I'm going to do that anyway. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to firebolt it and see what happens. Okay. Please don't explode, little bug. <laughs> oh, wow. Those are both really bad. Um, the first one was a two. Mm. And the second one was a one. Yeah. So it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> I don't feel so bad about that, I guess. Yeah, I think as you're trying to dodge out of the way, you concentrate on the firebolt and firebolt and you try to fire it off uh point blank at it. Uh however, you're you're too focused on trying to dodge its attacks and the firebolt goes kind of lobbing off into the um into the corner of the chamber and striking the stone Dang. that way. Well, that's it for me. <laughs> okay. Oops. Uh Clove's turn. Well, Polly Pocket. Okay, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this. Um, knowing that Cordelia can't do much, I'm going to go ahead and thorn whip the one right in front of her and okay. try and pull it away. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. So. Does <laughs> nine hit it? Uh, nine does not hit it, no. Okay. Great. So glad I did this. Uh, well, that's annoying. That's my turn because I really don't have a bonus section that I want to use right now. So that's, yeah, that's what I got. Okay. That's useless. Uh, Sebastian, it'll be your turn. Okay. Question for you. Um, I have the grappler feet that. Uh-huh. Um, you've developed the skills necessary to hold your own in close quarters grappling. Uh, I get advantage on tackles against a creature I am grappling. I assume I am being grappled and it doesn't then qualify? No. If you want to grapple in return, you certainly can do that. Yeah, and I can do that as one of my attacks or it's as my action? It would be one of your attacks. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I'm going to attempt to grapple it back. It's like, alright... You want to do this? Let's do this. Um, so I guess I make athletics against it. Okay. Uh, that's a non-natural 20. 
Nice. So it'll make a contested athletics or acrobatics. Well, uh, it rolled a natural 20. Uh, so that'll be a 22. All right. Um, oh, boy. I guess I'll just... I'll get you next time. And I'm going to press the button, get the sword to... Uh, shoot out from the cane and try and stab it. Okay. Uh, that's a natural one. Ooh. And now I'm just really upset at it, so I'm gonna flurry of blows it. Sure. Um, so one key point and two unarmed strikes. Uh, boop, boop. Seventeen and an eight to hit. Seventeen hits. For five damage. Okay. Um, And what I forgot last time is that as you hit it, uh, you part of the shell cracks and it sprays up some of that green ooze in your direction. Um, You take six points of acid damage. Okay. Oh no! Remember that time we thought the werewolves were going to kill us? (laughs) It's going to be a bunch of gooey bugs in a cave, you guys. Yep. Yep. Well, at least Hogarth and Pilar have each other. <laughs> well, we might be rolling some new characters for the rest of you. Um, that'll oh, no. you uh, to Enza's turn. Okay. And you well, see that happen with the melee attack. The splash. Okay. Yeah. So there's one on Cordelia. The one that slimed us is kind of farther back. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to pull my rifle and shoot at that one. Uh, the one that's, that's... with uh, Sebastian? Uh, no, the one that's far away, and then one at the one that's up on Cordelia. Okay, okay, so the other Pew, two. pew. And so, first shot. That's a natural 20 for the first nice. one. Nice. And then yeah. the second shot is uh, 18. Uh, both hit. Okay. So I get to roll 2d10, which means it's 4d10, yeah. right? Double the dice? Yep. Okay, so that is 12, uh, 20, 27, uh, 30 points of piercing to the farther away one Whoa. that slimed us. That's real good. And then for the one in front of Cordelia gets uh, 18 piercing. Also real good. Okay. Uh, two shots, both piercing the carapace of those two slime beetles, um, which I'm just going to tell you the name, called Skitter Haunts, which I love. Uh, so- Skitter Haunt. Yeah, uh, so two of them have now taken... Nice. So they've all three taken a lot of damage um, at this point, and any other... Anything else to do, Trin? Um. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna not do anything with my bonus action, but maybe if I could glance around and see if there's any other ones? Uh, you look around. You don't see any others approaching you right now. Okay. Uh, thankfully. Alright, awesome. Yeah, that's my turn. Okay. Uh, that'll put it to 
the skitter haunts turns. Uh, so we got one with Sebastian, mm-hmm. who I guess is just gonna wail on you. Uh, yep. Be two claw attacks. It's a fifteen and a sixteen. Both hit. That'll be a total of fourteen damage. Okay. And then it's sting, which is an eighteen. That hits. Four oh, seven no. damage. For seven. Yes. I'm still alive. Oh boy. Uh, the other two are gonna make their attacks. Um, let's see. Yeah, one of them is gonna do. Uh, I guess it's attacks at Cordelia again because you're just sort of ninjaing around over there. Well, out of its three attacks, only one hits. Um, so it takes two attacks with its claws and one with its sting. One of its claws does catch you, Cordelia, okay. uh, dealing five slashing damage. Okay. Uh, and you are grappled. Great. And the other one is by Clove, um, which after taking that shot, it might just leave Clove in that moment and go after, kind of start skittering towards Enza. Yeah, we'll do that, because Club isn't here. Um, <laughs> that works. You, get, you leave the table and you get a reprieve. Uh, <laughs> it'll go after uh, Enza. Um, Bring it. And make some attacks against you. Uh, I think two of them do hit. It's a 21 and 18 with its claw attacks. Yeah, those both hit. So it'll be a total of 13 points of slashing damage, and then the sting misses. Okay. 13, you said? Yes. Okay. Uh, Cordelia. Okay. Man, this guy's got me. Ugh. Um, I'm gonna... <laughs> Ew! Um, these things are disgusting. I'm gonna magic missile the one that's holding me. <laughs> okay. What level? Um, just one, I think. Okay. How many is that? Three? 3d4 plus three. Whoa, that's really good. 13. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Um, all three magic missiles obviously uh, streak out unerringly and strike at the uh, skitter hot blowing or of the uh, of the carapace off of it. Cool. That's all I got. Uh, okay, uh, Clove, is it your turn? Uh, okay. Hi. Sorry. Um, uh, I will hit something. I promise. Um, uh, fudge. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Yeah, sorry, because my brain is... Winnie's got a fever, so I, I'm now like totally disconnected in my brain now. Um, right. I'm going to go ahead and thorn whip the one... Okay. Yeah. Can... The one that looks most damaged. Uh, that'd be the one that's on Cordelia right now. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and thorn with that one again. 
Okay. And try and pull it away from her. 12 plus 7, 19. That hits. Yay, I hit something. And that's seven points of piercing. All right. And I want to pull it 10 feet away from her. Okay. I'll say it releases its grapple when you, when you oh, pull it. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, uh, Cordelia has been pulled away from you at this point. Yay. Okay. Uh, and that'll bring it back to Sebastian. Okay. I assume disengage doesn't automatically break the grapple. No. Okay. Because uh, otherwise my flurry of blows would have let me get out of that. Um, yeah. Because grappling reduces my movement to zero. But... Uh, okay. So I guess I'm going to use my action to try and escape this grapple. Okay. Uh, so acrobatics check. Come on. 15. Uh, 15 is enough. Okay. Um... <laughs> So that's my action. Uh, oh boy. And I think I'm going to take, I'm going to spend another key point to do patient defense. Uh, so I get the benefits of the dodge action. Um, okay. And I'm I'm gonna stay there rather than give it the chance with the attack of opportunity, but Fair. I'm now out of its grasp. Okay, um, so yeah, but you do go in the patient defense giving you hopefully uh, the opportunity to dodge it uh, alright that will end Sebastian's turn, Enza back to you okay I've got a couple more shots uh, I think I'm going to shoot that one that Sebastian just got away from sure uh, Fourteen. Uh, 14 just hits oh sweet all right, and then this is the one I had Slayer's raid earlier, so I could do an extra 1d6 to it. So that is 14 piercing damage. Nice. Okay. And your second attack? Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get it again. Okay. Just gonna shoot it twice. Ooh, I don't think that's going to hit. 11. 11 will miss. Pew. Okay. Uh, Alright, and that is... I think that's, that's it. it. That's yeah. It. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be it. Alright. Uh, that'll put it back to the Skeeter Haunt's turns. Um... So we got the one against Sebastian, which is going to make its attacks with disadvantage against you now. Yep. Well, disadvantage saved you. Because <laughs> <laughs> those miss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that uh, makes its three attacks at you, but you focusing dodge out of the way of each one of them. Um, Okie dokie. That ends that one's turn. The other two, uh, I think one of them is going to attack. <laughs> I think is going to go to uh, 
cord- uh, uh, I'm debating. I think it's going to go towards uh, Clove because you pulled it towards you. It's going to make two attacks against you. It's an 11 and a 9. So I think those both miss you. Yep, they do for once. Sting. Another 11. All right. Okay. And then the last one is still up in Enza's face. So I guess it'll attack you now. I'm making a comeback. <laughs> also, I should have asked these earlier. Is Are these beasts or monstrosities? Uh, neither. Got it. Good to know. Um, it's hard to tell right now, but you can check. If you guys survive this fight, you might be able to check afterwards and see what <laughs> yeah. they are. Uh, that was yeah, actually a 13 and 9 and a 13 against you, Enza. Yeah, no. Okay. Their, their good rolling streak is over. Cordelia is up to you. <laughs> they used it up on me. Hey, which one looks the worst? Um, the one that was wailing on you. Or was was trying to wail on you. Cool. That sounds good. I'm going to firebolt that one. Okay. It's now over by me, so you should not have it at disadvantage. Yeah. That's really bad. Ten. That misses. I don't do anything else. Okay. I curse uh, a lot. You fire another firebolt. It uh, goes wide, though, having a hard time focusing in this this dark light, this dim light. Um, Clove, back to you. Okay, well, uh, okay, I'm going to try something different this time. I'm going to go ahead and um, cast Flaming Sphere right near, well, right behind the one that's in front of Enza. Okay. So that it doesn't get Enza. So basically that the beetle is in between the seer and Enza. Because it's got to be cast to an unoccupied space. Okay. And um, so, and then I'm going to move it basically kind of into the creature space. Does that make okay. sense? Sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, Okay, so you're going to use your bow. Oh wait, no, yeah, I'm just going to cast it right behind the the beetle because it it'll be at the end of the tur- the beetle's turn when it can take damage as long as it ends. Well, you can use your bonus action to slam it into the beetle too. Okay, well let's do that. <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, and uh, we've we've we haven't had the spell come up yet in any of my games, but we have come up with our sort of house rule on this: mm-hmm. is that you can, can strike more than one creature with the flaming Ooh. spear. Um, if you can pinball it. Yes, please. So you could probably get two of the beetles with it. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so you'll, you can get the one, I think the, uh, it'll be the one that was going after Cordelia. Uh, so the one that's right up on you and then the one okay. with Enza. Yep. Uh, and they both need to make dexterity, dexterity saving throws. DC 15. That's well, a two and a 13. So they both. Yay! And it's, it's, D8, right? Are you, what what level did you cast it at? Uh, no, just it, it, I did it oh. regular, or at second so, level, so 2D6. 2D6. Yeah. Here we go. Eight points of fire damage. Okay. Perfect. And then, yeah, I'll just leave it right behind the one I 
at Enza, so it can do some more damage, maybe. Hopefully. Oh. Okay, perfect. Um, that'll put us back to the top of the round, actually, because it's five o'clock right now. I want to go in and take our break and not do that too late. Um, so we're at the top of the initiative order. Let's go ahead and take a break. Um, and we will come back and see what, if the party is able to get out of this encounter with these creatures and uh, what tricks they might have up their sleeves to do so uh we'll be right back everyone so stay tuned 